Hi, everybody. Glad you tuned into our radio show today. We're excited about the things going on in northern Nevada. Beautiful things to see, great activities. I love the people in northern Nevada. I've met so many great people since I moved here. And I just seems like every day it's a new adventure. I was uh, at an event maybe a year ago, a couple years ago. I met a lovely lady. Her name is Karen Gedney, one of the most interesting persons that I've ever met. We're going to be talking with her later in the show about a, a big book that she had just recently published called 30 Years Behind Bars. I love this book. We're going to find out more about the book, and we're going to be joined by another guest. Heidi Howe will be here, and Heidi is a candidate for Washoe County Sheriff. And uh, boy, she's got a big job ahead of her if she comes through and prevails, as we all hope. We're going to find out what her positions are in a few uh, areas and also uh, take a look and talk a little bit about real estate in Northern Nevada because this is Nevada Real Estate Radio. We'll be back after this. Age International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. And we're back. Thanks for tuning into our show today. You're listening to 1180 AM Radio one of the Lotus Broadcast Stations here in Northern Nevada. And my name is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day here to tune in because we've got two lovely ladies in the studio talking to us about, well, important things that happen all across the country, around the world, and right here in Northern Nevada. And that is the legal system, the prison system, the uh, enforcement of law system. With us is Dr. G, Karen Gedney, the author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Welcome to the show, Dr. G. Thank you, Peter, for inviting me. I'm glad that you're here today. Really enjoyed your book. I bet you've been getting more good comments since it was released. Yes, I have. And you've met some good people in northern Nevada since that amount of time. I would imagine it's a pretty good calling card sometimes. Hey, let's talk about my new book. It is, and that's one of the reasons I actually met Heidi Howe at one of the networking conferences. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is incredible. We have a variety of different similarities in that we've spent a long time in myself in the prison world and Heidi in really the jail world. Mm. And I think it's great we have her on the show today. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. I, I appreciate your time and Dr. Gedney is a fantastic person. We kind of hit it off right away. Well, you and I had a chance to meet Heidi at uh, an event. It was a couple of months ago and, and um, I really feel like I, I connected with you because unlike, look, I gotta say it, unlike a lot of law enforcement. You seem to be a very approachable person. Is that just a perception or is that how you, how you think you I, are? You know, I would hope that I'm approachable. Um, you know, I think it's really who I am as a person. One of the things I did in my career, one of the many things I did in my career was uh, a hostage negotiator. So not only is it part of my demeanor where I find it easy to talk with people, mm -hmm. it also is part of my job to be able to do that, to build rapport, to talk with people about anything, no matter where they come from and no matter what they do. I have always found that some of the best communicators are some of the best listeners. I have a feeling you're a pretty good listener. You know, um, I would hope so too. I don't know if my husband would agree with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I try and listen a little bit first when I talk to people because it isn't all about me. It, it is about the people and the people of Washoe County, the people that I meet when I'm traveling, wherever it happens to be, and I learn the most interesting things when I do that. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot more when you listen, don't you? Yes. So 30 years is an important number for you too, 30 years. Tell it, us about that is, again. It is. Uh, I started in law enforcement in 1988 with the Reno Police Department. Uh, I was a reserve for a couple of years mm -hmm. and then was hired on full time with them. And back in those days, they were really trying to encourage diversity with, with um, law enforcement. And it was early times then. Uh, there were 313 sworn, 13 were female. So although there were good intentions, there's still very few women there. And I decided that my personality might not necessarily mesh with the Reno Police Department. And, uh, and I'll be honest, I had my own Me Too moment mm. with Reno PD. And in those days, you didn't fight it, you just left because it was gonna fall on you. And so I went over to Washoe County Sheriff's Office and there's a much better fit. The culture was better. 
the people were fantastic and there were a lot more women working at the sheriff's office. Part of that is because there's a jail. And I'd like to ask you a question, Heidi. Sure. I find it interesting that there's this difference between the police side that you saw and the jail side. Is it because the uh, jail and the sheriff, they are more community oriented? Or what is the reason there's that major difference that you found? Or is it just the leadership at that time? I think it's a mixture of a whole lot of things. So police departments typically are more condensed areas where you're gonna have typically higher crime. And when you're out in the rurals where the sheriff it ends up having the patrol function, your backup can be two hours away, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away. So you better learn how to talk to people. On top of that, you work for an elected official as compared to somebody who's appointed by a city council. So there's, there's distinct differences in the role and responsibility <coughs> of the sheriff. And then as far as their responsibilities, sheriff has to run a jail, has to have mm -hmm. bailiffs at district court, serve civil and criminal process and subpoenas and evictions, has the search and rescue function, has to deal with riots and insurrections, mm -hmm. One of the things I found interesting for myself in the prison after 30 years is I had nine prison directors, but one was a female, mm -hmm. and that was Jackie Crawford. And I found that she brought in a very different perspective in regards to the way she looked at the system. And when, we, when I think about it, I'm wondering what perspective as a female do you bring in that you think is different? than potentially a male leader? Because I certainly saw it in the prison, both in a warden and in a prison director, when they were women. I, I have a feeling that women are typically are gonna approach things in a more collaborative way. And, and typically, that is more what they bring to the table, is that, that ability to talk to people, to bring in different points of view. As Peter mentioned earlier, it's that willingness to listen and not get stuck in your ways, which law enforcement has a tendency to do at times of being very traditional and how they think about things, and that's what I want to bring to the table, is looking at things differently. Yeah, what I saw, it seems to me male are more hierarchical and competitive, and women many times are more collaborative on issues. Well, I don't, I, I would agree with you on that because I don't really bring my ego to the table. If somebody comes up with an idea that's better than mine, I'm not gonna take offense to that and somehow get my ego bruised. Yeah, I think the same works in medicine, if from my side, where if it's a medical treatment that's new and you haven't been involved in it, that doesn't mean that your ego says, I'm not gonna try it. Right. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm talking with Dr. Karen Gedney. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars, a fantastic book that she just recently published. It's available on Amazon. Also with us in the studio today, today is Heidi Howe. She's a candidate for Washoe County Sheriff. I am pleased to say that I have known different candidates in my time, but have found Heidi to be a individual who is nonpartisan and actually someone who thinks with evidence-based, let's say, solutions, which resonates with me as a physician. And so, Heidi, I am fascinated in why initially you became involved in law enforcement all those years ago, 30 years ago, because that's what interests me. Why do people get into the field in the first place? There's usually a backstory. No, there's always a backstory. There always is. There that's what I'm is. interested in. So, actually, high school job, I was shelving books at, a, at the county library. And then my full-time job after I got done with that, I was a bank teller and trainer and auditor. And while I was working at the bank, I was a bit disillusioned going, is this all there is? And you're going to find this funny, but one day I was watching TV and there was an ad on TV of the Reno Police Department hiring. And I looked at that and I said, women and minorities encouraged to apply. And I said, wow, I'm one of those. <laughs> I started researching it. Why? Because I worked in a library and that's what you do. You research things. So I started figuring out what I had to do. And I figured out I had to do push-ups and jump six-foot walls. And I thought, wow, you do a lot of that in banking. <laughs> Wait, no, you don't. So then I had to figure out what I was going to do with that and get myself in shape. My husband built me a six-foot wall in my yard. And believe it or not, it's still standing to this day just like me. 
And I just got into it and I found it fascinating. Now, I didn't know anything at first when I first started testing, and that's how I became a reserve because they liked my common sense approach to answering questions in the interview, but I needed the knowledge base of law enforcement. And that's kind of how I got into it. And it's great to start from a common sense approach first, but I'm interested, can you still jump over that six foot wall? I'm sure I could. <laughs> I'd probably regret it for a couple of days after doing it, but yes, I could still do it. Enjoying my conversation with my two in-studio guests. We have with us Heidi Howe, she's a candidate for Washoe County Sheriff, and Dr. Karen Gedney, author of 30 Years Behind Bars. More of our interesting conversation coming up after this quick message. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Glad you tuned into our show today. You know, many people that tune into our radio show, they are real estate investors or they want to become real estate investors. I recommend that you talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International and she can help you incorporate your business, your real estate business, the right way. That way you can take maximum advantage of the benefits and you can protect your business. The right entity can make all the difference. Talk to Sherry Hill at Sage International. You can find all of her contact information and more about her company at sageintl.com. With me in the studio today, Dr. Karen Gedney. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars and Heidi Howe. She's a candidate for Washoe County Sheriff. I'm Dr. Karen Gedney and I'm the author of 30 Years Behind Bars, my experience as a prison doctor for 30 years. You can purchase it on Amazon if you're interested. And today, I have the great opportunity of interviewing and talking with Heidi Howe. And Heidi, it must be incredibly hard to run for an office to begin with. And I understand that you're the first female who has ever run for sheriff. Is that true? That is true. Uh, before the primaries, uh, there were two females in the mix. There were seven people running for office. But that had been the first time that we had female candidates, to my knowledge, in Washoe County for the Office of Sheriff. find that interesting because we both have this 30-year history, me in prison, you in the jail system, and I was like the first doc, female doc that was ever placed in a prison in Nevada. And here, I expect that you could potentially make history as the first Washa female sheriff coming in as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, just getting through the primary and being a candidate for sheriff, I've already, I guess I've already made history there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's potential moving forward for me to be the first female sheriff. I've got a really good shot. Looking at what is going on in Northern Nevada now and knowing as a physician, we are dealing with the opiate epidemic and the amount of people that end up in jails because of the substance abuse and also the fact that uh, our mentally ill many times end up in jails. Many people have heard that the jails are becoming our mental asylums. I'm interested in how you're going to potentially approach that if you do become sheriff. Well, I, I think the public needs to realize that um, there's so many things wrapped up in this and it's very complicated. And as you well know from being a doctor that a lot of people who have substance use disorders they're self-medicating for mental health issues that are either undiagnosed or they're not dealing with in a different way. And then we have very few providers in our community. Uh, by default, the Washoe County Jail has become the largest mental health facility in Northern Nevada. Mm. And we need to be taking a really hard look at that. Now, again, that collaborative piece of, of talking with people who can actually work with us to come up with some different ways of dealing with it. Because if we don't tackle some of these issues while people are in the jail. They're going to be released from custody and very likely coming back in. So the recidivism issue is happening. So the things that I was working on before I retired, because I retired in April of 2017 in order to run for office, and no, I didn't have to do that. But if I'm going to speak the truth to people, I can't be saying things that might upset my boss. So I had to make that decision on my own and say, am I gonna put some skin in the game and try and make a difference? 
And one of those things I wanted to do was a substance abuse treatment program in the jail before people are released. So there was a better success of recovery once the individual was released from custody. So that was one of the things I was working on. Another piece that I would like to do is get some of the private for-profit vendors out of the system. And um, I've had challenges in managing very, very large expensive medical contracts for medical and mental health care with inmates. And I've tried to hold vendors accountable. Didn't get traction. And I want to find a way to bring local people, local providers, local nonprofits, local hospitals into the mix and see if we can come up with a better process. I think that is an absolutely excellent idea because working in the prison world, I have experienced private prison industrial complex type issues and I have seen them fail in Ely Prison, the women's prison, and more than anything, I feel and agree with you that if the individuals in Washoe County look at it holistically as their problem and that the jail wants to work with them, then everyone has not only more skin in the game, they are a part of the solution. I'm talking with Dr. Karen Gedney. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars and Heidi Howe, candidate for Washoe County Sheriff. We're listening in on Nevada Real Estate Radio. And why are we talking about Oh, this kind of an issue, the prison issue, the Washington County Sheriff issue on a real estate show, it's because when you buy real estate, you're not only buying the house, you're buying the surroundings, you're buying the community, and you're buying the people. you got to know what's going on in your community, and that's what we love doing on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Talking about real estate, but talking about all the other things that revolve around it. One of the things that I know about prisons and jails and law enforcement is they really do cost a lot of money to run. But as a physician, I have definitely seen that if things are not done on the front end, it is infinitely more expensive on the tail end. And Heidi, how do you think that one can run a department cost effectively where we don't, as a society, have more problems on the tail end? What do you think is the right way to approach it? I'm sure a lot of people as they're listening to us talk are going to say, oh, wow, you want to do all these programs. It's going to cost us tons of taxpayer dollars to do this. And my answer is that that doesn't necessarily have to be true. Again, as you were saying, when you pay for things up front on the front end, it can save you money on the back end. So if we do things like work locally with providers to provide medical and mental health care, and it isn't a for-profit company, we have potential to reduce the cost. Right now we're paying $7 million a year for that contract. And the companies that bid on those contracts, none of them are from the state of Nevada. So whatever the profits are, are going to be going out of state. And then a lot of them like to cut the pay of the staff that are working for them because then they have more profit. So there's that opportunity there where we can actually use some of the money we save from that contract to do a lot of other things, whether it's programming or also just hiring more deputy sheriffs for our growing community. It, it's about using the money in the best way possible of what we have going on. The other issue is if we have these programs, a lot of people are going, oh, you're an inmate hugger and this is what you're doing. No, well, I don't want people coming back in the door. Our community is growing. We only have so many beds available at the Washoe County Jail and we are the only jail for the entire county. So we book for over 30 different agencies we're gonna run out of room. So we need to find better ways to get people back on their feet during the reentry process. And a lot of people say, well, I just don't want those criminals on the street. Well, just so you know, most of them go back to your community. And we can either put them in a position where they're gonna be more successful when they come out and be part of your community, or they can go right back to the same situations they had before and they can, come, they can go commit another crime and they can come right back in. Heidi, how many, let's say, people are in the jail right now? How many inmates do you have in the jail system now? So we've been averaging, I would say, and I haven't looked lately, but I would imagine we're probably sitting around 1,100 inmates a day. Okay, because 1,100 inmates is actually more than Nevada State Prison held in terms of a population. 
And when I worked at Northern Nevada Correctional Center, we had about 14, 1,500 inmates on the yard, and that was one of the largest prisons. If taxpayers did not, let's say, understand what you're trying to accomplish, which is keep people out of jails and be cost-effective doing it, how much would it cost to build a whole new jail system? Oh, my goodness. I have, I have no idea. It would be over $100 million. To, to build a new jail. I was involved in an expansion that opened in 2008, and that was 264-bed expansion, and that was 20 million then. So I would imagine that same section would run probably double that now. And I think that's something for taxpayers to understand, that if they are better at keeping people out by helping them, they save an infinite amount of money than building a huge new jail. We're listening to great conversation between two professionals in the inmate business, in the uh, incarceration business, in the recovery business. You know, a lot of people that commit crimes, they go to jail, they go to prison. I mean, they're a victim of circumstance, a uh, victim of uh, passion. And, you know, sometimes your life can change. It's just a matter of minutes. Uh, one of the things, ladies, that I'm concerned about um, is the kind of respect that we give to law enforcement across the country. Uh, Heidi Howe, you're running for sheriff. Heidi, do you feel like today, as opposed to, let's say, five years ago, ten years ago, the general populace respects more or has less respect for law enforcement in general? I, I see the attitude toward law enforcement, on, it's a pendulum. It's happened over time. The pendulum swings back and yeah. forth, and it, it depends. It depends mm -hmm. on who's in power. It depends on who your leadership is. It mm -hmm. depends on the attitude of the country and the things that change. Mm -hmm. And all of those mold and form individuals mm -hmm. and how they interact with people. I can tell you, I've been walking, knocking, and talking on doors during the campaign, and the people of Northern Nevada are fantastic. They're great people. I might not agree with them on all issues and subjects, but at least we have really good conversations. Nobody has been nasty or difficult. And actually, I get some really interesting stories to tell that are connected to the people that I walk up to. It's a very interesting world that you're living in right now, that we're living in right now, but it's a great opportunity for you and for the rest of Northern Nevada as we move forward in the general election in November when we'll have a chance to select a new Washoe County Sheriff and Heidi Howe. I'm glad to know you're a candidate and you're a fantastic candidate. I really enjoyed my conversation with you and wish you great success. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed my conversation with you today, Heidi, mm -hmm. and I want to thank you today for our interview. Thank you very much. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio right here on 1180 AM Radio, the Lotus Broadcast Station in Northern Nevada. This week we are doing an interview with the candidates for Washoe County Sheriff. And helping me out with these interviews is one of our in-studio guest experts, Dr. G, Karen Getty. And I think you're a great person to talk with us about our interviews, with our interviews, because you have a lot of experience in the, shall I call it, the criminal background world or the incarceration world. What would you call it? I would call it the incarceration world. The incarceration world. Darren Balaam, he's with us. He's a candidate for Washington County Sheriff. Welcome to our program, Darren. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been one busy man, I know, this summer in the campaign. It gets busier and busier, I'm sure, every day as we come up to Election Day. It, it does, and, uh, you know, it's been very busy, but it's been enjoyable. Yes. So I know a little bit about your background because I've done some research, but I'd like our listeners to know from you. Tell us about your background and how you got involved in the sheriff world. Okay, so uh, I'm a fifth-generation Nevadan, born and raised here in uh, Sparks. In Sparks, okay. In Sparks. Uh, started my career when I was 20 years old uh, as a civilian property clerk in the jail. Um, I was starting to go to college, took some criminal justice courses. Um, my family was in law enforcement. 
Uh, so that's what piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. So as I grew up um, listening to the stories and going down and walking around, that's what piqued my interest. Uh, and then I put myself <coughs> through the academy when I was 20 uh, so that I would give myself the best opportunity as possible when I turned 21 to get hired. Mm. So I attended the academy at the time during the day and then worked graveyard at night, a property mm -hmm. room. Then when I turned 21, over the next 20 plus years, I worked throughout the entire sheriff's office. Mm. I was always taught by my parents when you start a career, always set goals. So I always set 5, 10, all the way out to 25 years, what my career goals were. And one of them was with this moment right here, preparing and having the opportunity to be sheriff, to make a difference and give back to the community that I've grown up in. Um, so over 20 years, I worked in all three areas, the uh, operation, detention, and administration. That's kind of how we call them bureaus mm -hmm. of how the sheriff's office is made up. Promoted five different times, so from property clerk to deputy sheriff to sergeant to lieutenant to captain to assistant sheriff. Uh, and then throughout my career, I started learning, commanded all of our tactical teams. So our SWAT team, our what we call our detention response team, which is the SWAT team of the jail. Hostage negotiation. Uh, supervised some of the smaller teams and worked in some of them, so like the regional gang unit, uh, motors, mate, canine, made his major accident investigation team, um, search and rescue, Raven. And then about halfway through my career, I was learning everything about internally the sheriff's office, how they work, how each area works, how it serves the community. Um, I sat down with several people and said, you know, moving forward, this is where I want to be. What else do I need to do? And they said, go back to school. Mm. So I went back to school at UNR, graduated in 2012 with a bachelor's in criminal justice. Or criminal justice. I then had the opportunity um, under Sheriff Haley, they sent me back to, to the University of Louisville. Uh, to the Southern Police Institute for three months. Mm -hmm. um, after completing that course, I then continued on and graduated with my master's in criminal justice administration. Um, and then I retired from the sheriff's office in 2015 and then began campaigning at that time, as well as teaching. So I've been teaching criminal justice courses at Truckee Meadows Community College and Western Nevada College for the last two and a half years. Now, you don't look old enough to retire in 2015. I don't know how, how they do that. Everything that, happened sooner now, it seems like. Yes. Yes, but, but uh, I'd rather have been there, but that was the choice I had, so I, I chose to retire and start mm -hmm. teaching and then begin campaigning. So uh, let's also let our uh, our listeners know your father was the sheriff, correct? My my father was a sheriff, and uh, I'm also proud. My wife was a deputy sheriff as well, Okay, and uh, so was my father-in-law. <coughs> mm -hmm. And Darren, I have to just add that my husband and I mentor at-risk youth. This youth group tends to have individuals where they have a parent where at a very young age they saw the police basically drag away in a, in a police car. And so I was very affected by listening to the kids because they have more fear than anything else. And I think it is very important that they get exposed to a different side than just seeing police drag away their parents. Absolutely. Right. But in terms of the jail system and the prevention, for me, watching the prison and the jails, because the jails, of course, would bounce into the prisons, mm -hmm. right? My question to you is, knowing that so many of these individuals who are the frequent flyers mm -hmm. have the mental health and the addiction, significant addiction problems, so they go in and out, ERs, jails, prisons, back and forth. What do you see that you could do that would be different than has been done in the past? So I think there are several things uh, that are different, and that's, that's one of the, my main pillars is mental health, because we are the second largest mental health facility in the state, Metro's jail being the first. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I'll talk about internally within the jail. Um, the first thing is, is providing those services in the jail. We have those people that have been arrested, our frequent flyers or whoever, we have their attention. So what we need to do is bring those nonprofits uh, campaigning. I've, I've connected with so many more that I didn't know that were out there that are ready and willing to come in and help. And I will tell you, one of the biggest things of the Office of Sheriff and the person that holds that office is not the power or the influence, but it's the in, or power or authority, it's the influence. And it's the ability to pick up that phone and say, I have an idea, can you come to the table? And they're going to come, and then we bring those programs in. And so if it's addiction, so we bring in um, Vivitrol or Triboxin or whatever those meds, we start stabilizing, we start giving those tools so that when they get released, they're somewhat stabilized. The second part is the transportation. The one thing I think we've always missed, and right now what we do every morning, five o'clock in the morning, is what we call our time served. And we release them. 
So once they've served their sentence, we kick them out the door. Mainly that's the homeless, the addiction, the mental health population. They have nowhere to go, we give them a bus ticket. And so basically we're feeding them into downtown Reno with no transportation, nowhere to go, nowhere to do anything. So what I want to do is work with the nonprofits, and I've reached out to some of them, and after I explain, because a lot of them don't know our release procedure, um, they don't have means to get down there. So let's work on a transportation system. So now we bring in a social worker aspect to the jail. We identify those individuals as they come in. We reach out to the nonprofits that they're being serviced. We have a smooth transition of what they've been receiving on the outside as far as uh, therapy, medications, so we can immediately start giving those within the facility stabilizing, working with them, and then secondarily when we release them, now we can instead of just give them a bus pass, we work on with the nonprofits and the businesses and communities of a transportation system to say, we've identified, you're a veteran, you qualify, when you get released, we're gonna get you over to the VA hospital. Um, second part of that is externally working with the cities, working with the P police departments and the businesses of, when we engage them out, before we arrest them for jaywalking, defrauding an innkeeper, which is, you know, paying or having a, eating a meal and not having money for it. How about we work on with the courts of a system where we can go, like a community court, the judge, I believe, Pearson's working on, um, where they, we take them there instead of booking them in our jail. Then they're given options of, okay, look, you have some issues, whether it's mental health or, or addictions. We have some services here for you. We're going to give you the opportunity. We're here to help. <coughs> and then we work on that instead of just putting them in our jail, having them sit there for a week up to six months per charge, um, and then we get them back on their feet so that they're not revolving through our door. And you know, Crossroads is a perfect success of that. So that's one thing that I want to do differently than others have. Okay. How about this? A lot of times, um, especially in the prison world, we know that when they go out, they tend to bounce back predominantly because they don't have a job, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand that once they have a conviction on their sentence, then there are these collateral consequences. So they can't qualify for things many times like food stamps. They can't qualify for housing. They can't qualify for everything that just creates the dilemma. They bounce right back mm. in. How do you look at that? So I think how you look at that is, again, is you bring Crossroads as an example. You bring Crossroads in, or I can tell you there's contractors out there um, where they're, well, they're ready and willing to engage even the ones that have convictions on their, their um, records and train them. So we had a program like that. It was boot camp back under Sheriff Kirkland where we trained them, we gave them those skills so they had certificates, and then we linked them with jobs so when they got out, they had that job. Uh, right now, all, to my knowledge, all we have is a culinary where they can get, if they're long enough in our jail and they get into the kitchen, they can get a culinary certificate so they can go get a basic job. But again, out in the community, talking to these businesses, associate general contractors, all the trades, they're looking for people. And you know, when you talk about, hey, we have a large population, they may have a little checkered past, they're ready and willing to start and jump in, so let's bring them in. We're talking with candidate for Washoe County Sheriff Darren Balaam, and we're talking about the big election coming up in November on 2018. And with us in the studio, of course, is our co-host, Dr. Karen Gedney. We have more of our interview after this quick message. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech Solar Screening for a free estimate. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening. 
And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. With me in the studio, Dr. G. Karen Gedney, author of 30 Years Behind Bars, is with me. And we're talking with a candidate for Washington County Sheriff. Darren Balaam is with us. And I'm hoping you're enjoying being on the show with us today, Darren. Absolutely. This is a great honor. I bet you've had a bunch of interviews since you announced your candidacy. I mean, can you even count them now? There's probably, what, 20, 30, 40, 100? There's a bunch. Of, but you know what? Everyone's great because as a candidate, what I've learned is this is the most important thing is connecting with the community. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, finding out because that's what the community cares about is sure. that connection to make sure that, you know, you're a sheriff that uh, they can trust, yeah. that you're going to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and you're going to protect and serve this community. You know, uh, I live just outside the city limits, so I'm technically in the county. And so I don't see the Reno police cars coming by. I don't see the Sparks police cars cruising around. That's area patrolled or taken care of by the sheriff's department, correct? Correct. So if you live in the city limits, do the residents have much interaction with the sheriff's department? And at what point uh, are they connecting? uh, So I would say they have interactions all the time. Uh, First of all, because we surround both cities unincorporated, our patrol units are going through the cities all the time. So okay. they may run into them there. Um, they may ha- be down at the courthouse for a variety of reasons, getting a, um, a marriage license. Uh-huh. And our deputies are down there as bailiffs. Mm-hmm. They may have some civil issues that they have. Mm-hmm. So everything that within the cities, they have to go up to the sheriff's office if we have to do TPO services. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, if we have to lock people out, we do all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have to collect um, on awards from the courts, they may have interactions there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if they've had a family member or a friend be arrested, they would have to come to our regional jail because we run the regional jail. So that's some of the ways. Um, but for me, the biggest thing that I always point out to people that may live in the unincorporated is the sheriff's office we have to work together throughout the entire community. Mm-hmm. Um, although the cities have their own police department, we have to work together. When you talk about crime, when you talk about any of the social issues, there is no jurisdictional boundaries. They, you know, if they don't care about that. Uh, for crime, it's crimes of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we have to work together. So they're going to encounter the sheriff's office throughout the entire community. Mm-hmm. I was on the Washington County Sheriff's website recently, mm-hmm. and I saw that they have a tab there called Alternative to Incarceration. And I thought that was really interesting because uh, I'm a, I believe that a lot of people commit crimes because they're bored, they need attention, they need money, they, they're lacking in something. And what I saw in the alternatives to, to incarceration is where you actually go out and work. You know, some of the prisoners have been put to work. Talk to a little bit about how that works from what you know about it. So what that happens is if you get arrested for a minor crime uh, and you go to court and say, let's just, again, jaywalking is a simple crime. You get arrested for that or even cited. You go, you plead guilty, the judge says, I'm going to give you community service instead of a fine, because maybe you say, I can't afford a fine, of eight hours. You report to what's called our SWAP, or Alternatives to Incarceration. Um, It's downtown Reno. You report there either on the weekend or during the weekday, and then we send you out in work crews, and those work crews, we have our own, but then the cities can come in as well. They pick up a work crew, and they'll go to the parks. So you you may see them on the sides of the road. We have a van that says work crew. And they help our community get clean. Now, in speaking with some of them, um, unfortunately, it's kind of been an ebb and flow um, because we always have to remind the court sometimes that we have this program. I have a a question regarding uh, posting bail in jails because it's my understanding that if you have money, boom, you can post a large bail and you're out. But, of course, if you don't have money, you are sitting in there and then of course taxpayers are paying that hundred and twenty six dollars a day is there any interest in affecting bails for these individuals so they can actually truly post a bail and not lose their little place their homes and everything else so there actually is a program right now they're doing so the courts over the last about year i believe uh, and I apologize for what pilot project it is. It's, it's come from back east, and it's a movement across the nation. But right now, you get arrested for any crime, no matter what crime it is, felony, gross misdemeanor, misdemeanor, there is no bail. Oh, so really? when, we, when we book you in, there's no bail. A judge evaluates, and they have a rotating system, and there's a, it, basically it's a, a, a threat assessment plus um, your ability to get out. And so then the, the judge re- reviews the PC, reviews your history, and then they will set a bell. And the goal is, and in speaking with the judges and the courts, um, I have not been involved in this, but listening to them, the goal is to get exactly what you said. Get those individuals that may not afford bail, but other than that, if we all release them on their own recognizance, um, you know, promise to appear back in court, 
they would do just fine. And so that program is exactly addressing that problem right now um, of getting those people out and assessing those that may be a flight risk because of their crimes, making sure their bells are set so they don't go out, the murders and, and serious violent crimes. But the minor crimes, assessing them and instead of giving them that bell, giving them that OR so they're out. So that is a pilot project. In fact, it may be out of the pilot program and now a full thing, but uh, the courts have been doing that for about a year. I, I've got another question, and that is, I know many of the individuals have those little ankle bracelet mm -hmm. things, electronic devices, Yes. and I know some systems use the SCRAM where they're testing for alcohol. Okay. All right, do you guys do that in, in Reno? Uh, we have, and I believe we still do, but uh, without telling you for sure, because right. I haven't checked into that, but I know in the past when we had our own, what we called house arrest, right. um, they did have that. Now, right now there's, um, it's called DAS, Department of Alternative Sentencing. It's ran out of the courts, and those individuals, kind of like house arrest, if they are released, they will put those monitors on while they're waiting to go to trial, and I believe they do, but I don't want to say for sure. They at least have the, I know they're monitoring with the alcohol measurement, though. I don't know if they're using those or not. Right. You know, and another program that's also good with that, um, and I'm sure you've heard of it, is Sober 24. Mm -hmm. So, you know, individuals as they're waiting, where they test them twice a day, and I believe um, last year they had 88,000 tests and only 2,000 failures out of that. So that's a program, not only has it shown success, where, and I, North or South Dakota came from Dakotas, right. one of the states, um, but that, again, is something that I'm interested in because not only is it helping people with addictions and alcohol and that testing procedure, closing that window and being more successful of getting them back on their feet, but when you talk about domestic violence, it has a 9% reduction just by putting individuals that have been arrested for domestic violence into Sober 24 because we know a lot of those individuals have underlying addiction, alcohol issues. We're talking with candidate for Washoe County Sheriff, Darren Balaam. He's in the studio with us answering a few of our questions. And Dr. G is with us, Karen Gedney, author of 30 Years Behind Bars, giving us some great insight uh, and some great questions for our Washoe County Sheriff candidates. Uh, Darren, I have a question for you. I think one of the biggest crimes that I see in northern Nevada is still somewhat in the background, and that is illegal dumping. We live in such a beautiful place, and so many of us moved to northern Nevada because of the of the, of the scenery, of the vistas, of the open space, and yet we find a an old refrigerator or a washer and dryer left over somewhere down by the riverbed. I mean, are you guys actively going to, to pursue the perpetrators of these kinds of things? So I would tell you, I, I can't speak for what they're doing right now, um, but when we were there, we actively did it all the time. We would put game cameras out, and um, if in social media about, I want to say it was three or four months ago, mm. it was, I believe, Councilman Jarden actually saw somebody dumping, and I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but she posted a picture of the truck. By the next day, uh, Reno Police jumped in that because they, they had dumped in uh, the city limits, mm -hmm. but they, they identified that person and then took them, right, you know, charged them and, and yeah. somewhere in the criminal justice system. So yeah. for me, it's the same thing. Um, I, I love here. I love going out hiking, and when you go and you all of a sudden see a beautiful canyon there at the bottom is trash, yeah. abandoned car. Um, so yes, absolutely, we will be addressing that. Your work has to be really challenging, uh, from my perspective, in the sense that you have to, uh, you have to insist on authority and, uh, and obedience to the law, and yet you've got to take care of people. Ultimately, you're in the people business. Yes. And uh, you deal with all kinds of people: uh, successful people, uh, criminals, you, uh, people that have mental illness. And I agree with Dr. G. I, th I think that many of the criminals, many of the people that are incarcerated today, they're in there because they've got some mental issues. I mean, really, when it comes to committing a lot of crimes, who but somebody with mental issues would commit a crime like that? Uh, do you think that the sheriff's department is looking at criminal activity more from that standpoint, that somebody has a mental problem, that's why they did that, and they need help, versus somebody did that crime and they need to be punished? Uh, so again, don't know how the current administration, I would say, based upon my past experience, um, we looked at it as committing the crime, I would say, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, we did come up with a MOST program. I don't know if you've heard of that. That's where um, a caseworker rides with Reno Police Department, Sparks. They have not been riding from what I've got, uh, gathered <laughs> with the Sheriff's Office, mm -hmm. where that would be a program. We run into an individual. They're displaying 
that their addiction, mental health issues, you call in the most and then they have those resources again. So where we're not looking at, well, they just defrauded an innkeeper, they skipped a meal, you know, they're not paying for it, so we're just going to arrest them. Well, no, there's some underlying issues, so let's mm -hmm. address those and get them those services. So yeah. that's where that most team is important, and we need to expand that, mm -hmm. uh, and we need to get into it, and we yeah. need to have them writing with us yes. as well. I want to thank you for being with us on the show today. Wish you great success on the campaign. We're going to keep a good eye on it, and uh, maybe you'll come back afterwards after and let us know Absolutely. Uh, after the election uh, what your stance is on a few things and see where we are. Absolutely, and I appreciate it, and thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you, Darren, for being on the show today. And I have one little question before yes. I sign off, okay. and that is we've talked about how your job is very much a people business. Mm -hmm. And in the jail, I'm just curious, when you hire people, do you look for the type of people who can truly be empathetic versus punitive? So I would tell you a cursory, no. All right. Uh, you know, we do a basic background. Um, for us, traditionally, it, it, it's similar but not different because of the cities because they're in a different um, way to hire, but same background process, same uh, psychological evaluation, medical, all set by Nevada Post. For us, they do start in the jail. We're Reno and Sparks, they start in patrol. Um, so we don't, but we also look for those good candidates that are all well-rounded. So I would tell you part of the background process in the past, again, don't want to speak about what they're doing right now because I'm not familiar with it, uh, is we had a background board when we hired. Thank you very much, Darren, and good luck in your run for sheriff. And I'm going to sign off. And this is Dr. Karen Gedney, ex-prison doctor and writer of my memoir, 30 Years Behind Bars. Darren Balaam, candidate for Washington County Sheriff. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. And Dr. G, thanks for being with us today as well. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter Padilla, your host. If you have questions for us, send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. And we'll talk with you again soon. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening.